Hello, hello. Hey, look who it is. Look who it is. We had a week off. Well, it's, uh, it's nice to see you. It's good, it's good to, see, to you see you looking well and in fine fettle. And... I have more fettle than I know what to do with. Um, what is fettle? Do we know? Uh, it's, um, it's a cross between fennel mm. and a nettle. So okay. it's like licorice that sticks to the back it's, of your throat. It's got I don't a, know. It I bites you back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so, well, it's good to see you, regardless of whether we have a command of the English language or not. Yes. Yeah, it's good to be here. And um, you're, you've gone with the, uh, with the black background t tonight for those at home who don't get to see. You've got a yeah. very dark, black, very moody... It's yeah. kind of like a Darth Vader thing going on. Well, that's what I did last week, and you said you said to stick with it. So okay, yeah, it, this is a, it's a slightly different vibe though. There's a little bit of backlight on it. It's catching it. It looks like a kind of a oh shiny, glistening alien cave wall. Really? It's very nice. Well, I don't think I did anything different. Um, but subtleties, uh, man. It's all about the subtleties. It's all about the subtleties. All right, I'll, I'll try and maybe I need to hang some sort of muslin or something that might um, uh so uh, how are you doing what's going on what, what's new in your life um oh just working uh doing stuff like working trying that and um you know it's going okay so cool. far it's okay all right i could take a nap but other than that it's fine i'm drinking some coffee napping uh, is good. i'm gonna get coffee through it how about yourself how are you uh great placed an order for 10,000 bottles the other day. I've never bought 10,000 bottles before. Um, in your lifetime, probably you have over the time accumulated that many bottles, but not all at once, probably. Not all at once. Not uh, not an order of 10,750 milliliter bottles on a, on, in a shipping container on a ship coming from India. Never wow. did that before. That's exciting. It's very exciting. Now I just have to figure out what to do with them. I'll probably be standing on a street corner somewhere trying to sell them. You're you're like a captain of industry now. If there should be yeah. spinning headlines and stuff in as the interstitials of your life. Yeah. Now, uh, right now I'm more like a red shirt of industry. You know, the guy right. who uh, no name beaming down to the planet could die. Right. Lieutenant yeah. of industry. <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we make it to captain. Um, watching anything interesting? Um, watching anything interesting, I watched, um, I'm halfway through because I, I don't have time anymore because of this show and other, other life requirements to, to actually see anything from beginning to end in one sitting anymore. It doesn't happen. So <laughs> I watched the first half of a movie, Amelia and I watched the first half of, uh, this new Netflix movie, The Harder They Fall, uh -huh. um, which we're enjoying immensely. It's a lot of fun. It's a Western, and um, we, uh, we're digging it. That well, I can recommend. That. Plan to finish it tonight, maybe, after the show, because I may have a little bit of time. That was uh, That's a good recommendation. I'm going to have to watch that, because you know how I feel about Westerns. I do. We've talked about them on the show. Yeah, we have. I this, love a good Western. This is not unlike Silverado in certain respects. Does it have like so many things that a Western should have in yes, it? Yes, it does. Oh, then I'm gonna love it. Yeah. yeah. Tropes. 
I love tropes. Tropes, but they do new things with them, and and it's a, it's all you know. I mean, that's what that whole thing is about. It's like how are you gonna spin it a little bit just to put your name on it, you know? Yeah. All right, great. I'll give that. A, I'll give that a watch. I'm still watching this show, Silent Witness, British mm. forensic. It's like a, a Law and Order of Britain, but it's forensic pathologists rather than cops. It's right. fiction. Um, I'm assuming it's a slightly it's slightly more polite than than Law and Order or NCIS. Slightly more polite in some ways, but in other ways, you know, they have you know the actor who's who plays the person who gets killed at the beginning. And then in the next scene, there they are, naked on the on the table in the morgue. I mean, they're, they're ruthless. They're they, polite to each other, but they're not polite to the audience because they like to kill people of, there. In the, well, but the, also in terms of the science, they just show it. They show the mm. naked body. They show the the, the cutting it open and put. It's, the special effects are extraordinary. But one of the things that's really fun about it is because it's been on for twenty three years, and it's like the Law and Order of Britain is people pop up in, you know, like when you and I watch Law and Order, it's like, oh, our buddy this or that person or whatever. People pop up in this, like, oh, look at that. There's a young Bennett, uh, Cumberbund Bumbersnatch in a very small <laughs> role. So, um, okay, yeah, it would be like a, the New York crowd over there just seeing yeah. everybody on Law and Order. Oh, that's exactly. great. Exactly. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya showed okay. up in uh -huh. a, a young Dan and- uh, Is Matt and Berry, young, has Matt Berry been on it yet? I haven't seen Matt Berry. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but um, Jodie Comer, who plays Eve in Killing Eve, mm -hmm. um, as a, a very young woman uh, and brunette. So for a long time, I was saying, I know this person looks so familiar, so familiar. Who is it? And then I looked it up and it was Jodie Comer. So that, right. that's a great deal of fun. And, and also, like so many of those British shows, every single role, uh, the actor's they're you know they're all theatrically trained so they they all just really know what they're doing yeah there's, there's nobody who's barely holding on because it's their first tv job you know no and it also feels maybe it's because of that but it kind of also feels like everybody's having a little bit more fun yes yeah they do look like they're one of the leads on this show a fellow named tom ward uh looks like he's having more fun than somebody should have as a forensic pathologist fully he's, clothed at all times he's, he's fully clothed at all times but he's uh he's very very talented and very funny and and very good on the show um so uh i'm i'm greatly enjoying that and i'm, I'm gonna miss it when i get to the end it's a long binge 23 seasons um it is it's a how i mean are you actually doing the whole show yeah but how the, far it's only, into it are you 15 seasons oh my god yeah. wow okay. but it's only it's only 10 episodes a season it's not like a u.s mm -hmm. network show yeah and and each crime each murder solve is um two episodes so it's there it's like a little movie okay wow each one so, but, but they're shorter episodes, but they're longer episodes. There's less no, episodes. No, 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 they're shorter seasons. Right, but they're longer episodes. But the, the episodes are an hour long, and then each 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 murder is two full episodes. So it's a two-hour. It gotcha. ends up being a, a full movie's worth of time devoted to each Well, game. you are super committed to the procedural uh, I love, program you know me. i love the that is your thing i mean you yeah. are serious about this this isn't exactly yeah, like catching fire on social media right now because it's literally now your 
15, 20 years in the past. Yeah, and you, you and you and you and Dad would just shoot yourselves in the head if I made you watch a procedural for this amount of time. <laughs> I don't know if I could hang in for for fifteen seasons. No, yeah. of, of anything, but but pretty much, pretty much anything. Yeah, but um, yeah, but so that's a great deal of fun. I'm going to ask you only that you need to either hurry through it or put a pause on it because you need to bring something new to the table than that same show every time we get together. Because I'm coming like, up with like, like a new. Two months from now, what are you watching? I'm watching this I'm watching British this show. show. <laughs> <laughs> dead, British naked, show. Dead, naked dead bodies. Have you seen Naked Dead Bodies? It's great. It's British. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna write a pilot called Naked Dead British Bodies. Um, we could sell that. It's got a lot of selling points right in the title, I think, for people. It's got <laughs> a lot of excitement. You don't know what it's gonna be, but you know it's gonna be a ride. Matt oh, Berry oh. would definitely be in. He would do that for sure. Let's write it for him. <laughs> if you're listening, Matt Berry, we're we're pretty big fans over here. We're big fans. You know that my roommate, um, my ringtone for my roommate is uh, whenever he calls me, my phone says, "Hello, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. This is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me?" And yeah, it, it makes me laugh every single time. I probably say that once a day to somebody on the phone. Yeah. Probably once a day. It's the best. So um, I guess we have to talk about this week's movie. Well, we um, told people we would. Um, okay. But we don't have to always do what we say we're going to do. We don't always no. have to keep our promises. No, we should talk about this movie. Uh, 1984's Silent But Deadly Night. <laughs> no, wait a yes. second. That's, that's, not what it, that's not what it was called. Different title. That was the European title. They changed that when it came to the yes. States. Silent but Deadly Night. It's about somebody who dresses up as Santa and farts little children to death when they sit on his lap. Um, that's not true. That's not what this is about. And um, we want to maintain our audience base. We want to maintain audience, not lose, not... We want to see the numbers go up. Increasing okay. numbers. Increasing numbers. Okay. These kinds of jokes, I'm afraid, will not uh, help our case there. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So it's called Silent Night, Deadly Night. There. You happy? That's the name of the movie. I'm not happy, but let's continue. <laughs> not, nothing you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, moving right along. Um, I have one well, question you know for you. you know what? Because, I, because I was bad, I think you should say punish. <laughs> Naughty. <laughs> I think that's what you should say. And then you should kill me. Um, um, no, I'm not going to do that. I might call you naughty. I might say punish. Okay. Um, but I think that this may be punished. This movie is punishment of an, in and of itself. Perhaps it's punishment enough. Okay. And the only, the only thing I've got to say is like, you know, maybe you, maybe you feel like now you owe black Christmas, a little bit of an apology. <laughs> oh, um, all right. Just a little bit. Because this is like this is what we're dealing with. This is the slasher movie. This is the base. This is like, this is the basic one. This is the one that's like, you got this, and on the other hand, you got something that's a little bit more creative. Yeah, I would say that this movie looks like it was made as if is if you got the people together who make high school health class movies. 
Yeah. And they made a, a slasher movie. That's right. what this movie, the level. I think if those people were, if you got them and then they were sick and they called somebody that they knew, those people made this movie. Yeah. Um, there's some some great stuff in it, though. Um, do you want to give the uh, the uh, plot recap? You want me to give the plot recap? I'd love to hear you recap this. Okay. So, uh, little, I don't even remember the character's name. Johnny, what's his name? Let's let's get that correct anyway. The main little, character, little, little Billy. Little Billy. Little Billy um, is riding with his parents on Christmas Eve in the family country squire station wagon to go see his grandfather at the old age home. Uh, it's and, not the old age. It's actually not just an old age home. Don't they actually call it the mental institution? Is it a mental institution? I think so. Oh, okay. I thought it was just an old age home. The, the I might be mental, wrong about I that. I think you it, might be right. The state no, I think they have a big facility. picture of the sign in front right. of it, which state is the mental, state mental, mental, Utah, mental, Utah mental, facility. mental facility, which yeah. is, that's the scariest place it's I can imagine. everybody in the state, practically. Um, it's, a big, it's a big place. Um, and uh, they go there and... Uh, and there's a whole lot of talk with mom and dad on the ride there. You know, Santa comes and, oh, you should be asleep when Santa comes. He, you know, if you're good, he brings you something, et cetera, et cetera. And they get to the, the state mental facility and grandpa is, how would you describe grandpa? The, the first time you see grandpa, it looks like, um, I've never he looks like a, he looks a like a cold. thunder, he looks like a Thunderbirds character. He looks like yeah. a puppet from Thunderbirds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sitting, staring straight ahead, yeah, completely non-responsive, Alzheimer'sy, and then the people from the me the the home say to mom and dad, "Oh, we have to talk to you for a minute." Um, little little Dave, you stay here with Grandpa. Little and Billy, Billy, little Billy, and the minute the minute they walk away, Grandpa starts talking to Bill. You better be good. Santa comes and he's not good to kids who are naughty and terrifies little uh, Billy. Mm -hmm. um, then they uh, so now little Billy doesn't want to see Santa because grandpa who spoke to him but doesn't speak to anybody else has told him that um, that uh, Santa Claus is bad. Cut to a holdup at a, uh, a convenience store where Santa Claus comes in and kills not the real Santa Claus, somebody, not the real Santa Claus, somebody dressed department Santa store Santa, Claus, Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Comes in, holds the place up, kills the, the convenience store clerk and goes on the run, cut back to mom and dad and Billy and his little baby brother going down the highway in the family country squire. And lo and behold, there's a, uh, there's a car there that's been uh, broken down by the side of the road. And who should be there but the Santa Claus? So they stop to help the Santa Claus. And the Santa Claus shoots the dad in the head, take, drags the mom out of the car, rapes and stabs her in front of little Billy, who has run away and hid in the, in the, in the bushes and witnesses the rape and murder of his mother. The very, very graphic and violent rape and murder of his mother. 
I agree. I, I concur. I, yeah. okay. I, I have, I know I'm enjoying your assessment. Yeah. So I like, I like to hear you talk. Billy and his brother end up in, uh, the, uh, orphanage run by, uh, a character who I'm sure was your favorite character in the whole show. The, uh, the German accented mother superior who I think was played by the same woman who was your, your governess right after you were born. I, I imagined you having, <laughs> I imagined you having flashbacks watching yeah. some of this movie. Yeah. I, I started developing a Herbert Lum, a pink <laughs> Panther twitch yeah. in my face. I didn't know why, but now you've made it clear. Yeah, so he's raised there, and he's in trouble every Christmas because he draws pictures of Santa's killing people, not Santa's being happy, wonderful people. And then he's forced to sit on Santa's lap at the orphanage Christmas party, and this little kid at 10 years old delivers a Mike Tyson knockout punch to that Santa. Yeah, he flattens him. Flattens him, but he's a he's a little tiny kid. He's a tough little kid though. You can tough tell. Tough little kid. Flattens him, gets in more trouble, and then finally at eighteen, he's kind of released from the orphanage and one. Oh, he witnesses some people having sex and getting caught by the mother superior and getting beaten because they were naughty. He gets beaten for witnessing them having sex. I mean, he's just beaten for anything. And then he's released from the, the orphanage and gets a job at Ira's toy store. Ira's lovely toy store. And suddenly everything is wonderful. And we have the greatest song in, in movie history and a montage of being happy at work. The warm side of the door. It's a great song. I've posted a link to the YouTube video of the song. You can listen to it. Yeah, I figured you were going to do that. I, yeah. I didn't rip it because I knew you, you had that. Yeah, Everybody wants to listen to the song, The Warm Side of the Door. And it's a great montage of how life can be happy when you're working in the stockroom of, of Iris Toy Store. And then Christmas comes along. And the guy who's going to be Santa can't be Santa because he broke an ankle ice skating. So Billy has to be Santa. And it triggers something in him. And he goes on a murderous rampage and kills lots of people. Goes back to the orphanage and gets killed himself. And there we have, there's the review right there. It's, it's a howler. Um, well, that's, you know, yeah, that's the movie. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. That's what we saw. And, uh, he so tells no con- lies. That's the context of what we're dealing with here. Now let's get into some specifics. Um, this is not to my mind, a couple of things. First of all, this is a movie made to mess kids up. This this movie would mess a kid up, bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It it's it's it. I don't know. I don't know if the intention was to mess kids up because because I think the intention was to just get as many teenagers in the audience as possible. Um, but the but the collateral damage of children seeing this movie isn't something they seem to care about. No, no, and there was a lot of protest about that when it when it opened. Yeah, the p- parents went crazy. They picketed yeah. this movie. Um, it was a very famous uh, case of, of pushback yeah. from the public. And opened the same week, same days, Nightmare on Elm Street? It did. It actually made more money in the initial run than Nightmare did, but then it got yanked out of the theaters. And, and suddenly started not making so much money. Quite suddenly, no money was coming in. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but the other thing that's interesting about this film that I thought is that it's it's much it's not your typical slasher movie in that it really focuses the first half hour focuses on the character's backstory and the creation of the the slasher and not something like a Michael Myers or uh, something like that where we where we jump right into the you know in Halloween we don't we, we get a very quick snippet of Michael Myers at the beginning of Halloween right we don't get his full backstory right we only get uh well we get a snippet of it we get um some description from Donald Pleasance early on in the movie about him we get some backstory but we never learn a lot about him and we know that this is a similar case he he we, in the case Michael Myers saw his his sister uh, cavorting with a young man and set him off on a murderous rampage. Right. But this is like a biopic at first. And then suddenly seems like it's going to be a biopic with a happy ending about how even somebody who's tortured and uh, and maligned as a child can end up having a happy life as a, as a stockroom clerk at Iris Toy Store. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to forgive me because my cat needs to make an appearance on the show, apparently. No, and no, he's not no gonna forgiveness stop required. I love having talking. Death. Pardon me. Excuse me. This is a uh, this is beyond belief. You. you oh, now I've been left impossible. alone. I've been left alone. All right, I can't hear you, but you can see that this is Harpo. Oh, so, yeah. and he's he's in fine shape. He's just very vocal and wants to hang out with me. Wants to hang so, out. That's awesome. There you go, buddy. Maybe you could be quiet during the show, though, which would be outstanding. Now I'm back. Hello. I told stories about you while you were gone. I'm sure you did. Um, so, um, where were we before <laughs> that intrusion into we this? Were, we were talking about the, the, how it not, not being the typical slasher movie. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess so. Although, you know, um, there are, there are other movies that do, you know, that Robert's Blossoms movie that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago actually does that sets a lot of stuff up. Um, the, 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 the screaming, I think it's called the screaming claw is similar. Um, there was a, there was a tradition of these kind of horror movies, you know, after psycho, there were a lot of grindhouse movies that weren't as famous as this one that have similar backstory threads where you really follow them along. But in terms of the slasher milieu of the eighties and, and stuff, nah, I guess that's pretty, pretty different. Yeah, lot a lot of lot of sympathetic stuff built for him before he loses it. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, you're I not mean, buying, you're not buying this for a second. Well, you can build something; it doesn't mean it's going to fly anywhere. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that the tagline for Flight of the Phoenix? Yeah, well, exactly. What is that on the poster, you can build yeah. something; it doesn't mean doesn't mean it's going to fly anywhere. Right. Um, I guess so. I, I, sure. I mean, does that make it good or is that, no. a, is, does that, does that give it, is that an honorable aspect of it or not? No, I, I, don't... I don't think it's an observation. Okay. Um, and, and I, I sort of resented the, the incredible amount of time that was spent on all of that before we got to the murderous rampage. Yes, I think what you've actually hit on something is actually kind of key, though, because you you do resent it because 
it's not a creative decision to have done that to me. It's just the most mundane one that they could think of. And exactly. it plotted along with it just like it did everything else. And so, you know what's you know what's coming, and there's no there's no, no. suspense to the trigger. Um, this movie exists to have uh, ladies have their blouses ripped open. <laughs> That's why apparently this movie exists. Yeah, or just not wearing one in the case of Linnea Quigley. Who there? Okay, we'll get to this, but because th this is one of the great scenes in the film, it it is a great scene. I'm gonna call it uh, uh, the pool table scene. Yeah, we can call it the pool table scene. Where um, a woman goes to the front door, answers the doorbell to see what's going on outside, completely top, just no shirt at all. Doesn't even yeah, think but, to put one on. Well, to her credit, she's in her underwear when, but when the doorbell rings. And she does have the decency to put on a pair of hot pants over her underwear before going to the door. I gave I <laughs> give her plenty of credit. I, it's not, don't get me wrong. I just... Um, <laughs> I just found that an unique moment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, there. They, do you, are you saying that somewhere someone was trying to do something uh, uh, responsible creatively, or or trying to make no. this good? No. 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 Okay. No. no I, I'm merely observing that it it departed from the norm in 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 sort of no not thrusting us into the action and then backtracking to oh well this happened to this person you know we we really get to know the killer well before well, the killing starts to take place i think actually you've hit on something and the real difference is that this isn't just that it takes longer and it's a backstory is that the main character is the killer yeah which i mean is usually it's it's he, you know, he's he's a, uh, a a remote figure, and the main character is the is the girl or the couple that's being terrorized, or you know, yeah. Well, but he's the main character. Yeah. There's nobody we get to know and identify with and care about being chased by him. So it's really just sort of a news at five. Santa goes on a murderous rampage. I think that's that's. I mean, this movie didn't just didn't upset me or disturb or like scare me or disturb me but it it did make me a little nauseous and because it's kind of disgusting and and um i mean it's 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 its whole reason of being is kind of disgusting yeah like it's not the gore or anything it's just that it's it's really misogynistic i feel like this is the prime example of when people say slasher movies are brainless and just misogynistic and and just about you know showing naked ladies and 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 violence they'd point to this movie and you'd be like you got a point <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. yes that's no, true there's nothing about this movie that i'm going to defend um there are moments in it and shots in it and sequences that that gave me uh a great deal of entertainment Oh I, yeah, for sure. For I sure. will say there are some um, gold standard, um, just fantastic scenes uh, in this movie. Yeah, the uh, the robbery of the convenience store at the beginning when um, um, what's his first name? Deer Cop. Uh, uh, the the uh, char the character actor. Um, uh, Charles Deer Cop who plays the killer 
at the beginning. Oh yeah. Who worked with Pop in uh, Freebie and the Bean? And, oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. that's where I remember him. He's, okay, he's been a bad guy in a Forever. lot of movies. He's yeah. been a bad guy, and he kills the the convenience store clerk and walks out of the convenience store in his Santa costume and looks at the money he got from the till and has arguably the greatest line in the movie: 31 bucks. Merry fucking Christmas." <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, then, then the, the sequence, uh, the Christmas Eve sequence at the, um, at Iris toy store. Um, I just, I have to just say that I love that there's a huge Christmas themed toy store that's called Iris. I just I, find that to be great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, you know, when, when, when Pamela was pregnant with Atticus, the big toy store here in LA, not toy store, the big uh, baby goods store where you went to buy your cribs and everything was named SIDS. Oh, Lord. Yeah, not a very unfortunate. And it was just when SIDS was becoming a thing. It had been around forever. <laughs> and it's not around anymore. I don't oh, that's too, that's, yeah, yeah, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. That is not. That is not the proper kind of irony you want to have experiencing in your life. No, no. Um, um, but uh, the, the thing about that Christmas Eve at the toy store that I didn't get is all these employees waiting to close up the store on Christmas Eve and they close up the store on Christmas Eve and and they don't leave. These people have no lives to go to. They I love that Christmas party. They don't have family. They don't have friends. Oh, it was have, great. I love yeah. that. Chris. I, I actually did like that about this movie and yeah. that whole, the, I, I, that store and my favorite part of the film, Mr. Britt Leach, who I think is. Oh, he's uh, spectacular. Mr. Sims. Yeah. He, here's an example of an actor that got to the set, realized what was happening, realized the movie he was in. Right. Right. And away. said, Screw it. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to entertain myself. And he, yeah. he's hysterical. He's absolutely great. And, um, as did Nancy Barganick, who played Mrs. Randall. Same she thing. did a great job as well, but he particularly made me, they gave him a lot of stuff and he has monologues and he has, he has great like physical business and he kind of kills all of it. He's great. Seven o'clock. It's over. <laughs> Time to get shit faced. <laughs> I was thinking how much you would love to play a part like that. Oh my god, I I've gotten to play a part like that in I, I, in a couple of uh, movies. I did. Uh, I played a cop in a movie called um, Cursed. No, The Curse. There's a movie called The Curse oh, about I remember a, a woman this. who gets the. Uh, 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 she turns into a werewolf when she gets her period. Right, right, right. And, and goes on dates with. She's she's sort of mousy and dowdy, and then when that time of the month hits, she gets super sexy, and guys hit on her, and she goes out and kills and kills them. Goes them. On okay. a date and kills them. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and I played the uh, the partner of the cop who becomes romantically interested in her, and I got to do all kinds of. This was a Tony Kushner thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it's available anywhere. Um, and then I got to be in a in a uh, in another uh, slasher movie called The Orphan Killer. 
I don't think I ever saw this one. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I should, you know. Um, Please let's let's maybe uh, try to see that for the show. Okay. Yeah, the orphan. I didn't know killer. you were into. I I said that's fantastic. Had a very small part in the orphan killer though. Um, I no, only, as much as I love horror stuff, I was only ever in one kind of horror theme thing. It was a short movie I did uh, before the lockdown. Oh yeah. And um, it was fun, but you know, no one ever. I'm always just a guy in a in a yellow tie yelling at somebody that's <laughs> what i do <laughs> um so uh let's get to some of the 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 murders right there's there is uh the first murder right the strangulation of the fellow who's sort of well if you don't count the boy's parents getting murdered in the first two minutes his, of the movie his first murder his first murder is his first murder is of um, the uh, the uh, social the the the, uh, the social climbing young executive who works at the toy store. <laughs> yeah, uh, who's who is date raping the the other the female employee in whom Billy is interested. It's not even really a date. I have to say that's there's <laughs> no, no date right. part he's of it. Raping. Actually, uh, it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's a very unpleasant scenario. Uh, you he know, gets, he gets her to go back into the stock room with him with yeah, a, a series of lines that are straight out of the worst porno movie ever written. I mean, it's literally he's saying, I've got a Christmas present for you. Let's go into the back room. I want to show you. Oh, it's it's disgusting. It's yeah. absolutely awful. I mean, I, I it's really bad. It's and I can hard. laugh at this kind of thing sometimes, but there's something about this movie that didn't, it, none of it, I didn't no. even have like a good like laugh of like, oh, how disgusting we were back in the times. It was just like, oh my God, no. you, you really kind of, I think so you hit the nail on the head. He's raping her and Billy saves her actually by killing the guy, uh, by strangling him with one hand, straight armed, holding him up in the air. Yeah, he does the whole Darth Vader liftoff of the guy, yeah. and um, apparently he's super strong. And then turns around and stabs the woman who he's just saved um, and kills her. Well, not after she freaks out and blames him and says, how dare you, and you can't, she can't, because she freaks out that he killed somebody. Yeah. First. Instead of saying, oh my God, you shouldn't have killed him, but thank you for saving me. Um. Yeah, something like that. A different yeah. line choice maybe yeah. would have saved her life. And 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 prevented the whole killing spree. Um no, I get the feeling she he was going to kill them both no matter what because that's naughty. You're yes, not, it is you're naughty. being naughty and he's going to stop you mm. from doing that. And he's there having flashback in their intercutting with the memory of yeah. his mom being raped by Sam. I mean, uh, see, the the amazing thing about this movie is that as you describe some of these scenes, minus the descriptions of these horrible assaults on women, which are, are as as no fun to talk about as they are to see in this movie. Yeah. Um, you keep thinking that other parts of it sound like a fun, jolly time. Like, oh, that's that sounds crazy. A kid, it's like a psycho movie where somebody puts on a Santa outfit and you know has a has a moment where children have to sit on his lap because the store owner makes him dressed up as santa and he has a psychic transference moment where he looks in the mirror and sees himself as santa and now he's embodying all of his fears yeah that sounds amazing in in some way i want to see that movie very badly this this just wasn't this that wasn't. movie 
for me. Yeah. No. It's got a reputation. People like it. I don't know who those people are, but they do. I don't know if I want to hang out with those people. Not sure I do either. This does feel you mentioned like it feels like a like a like like it's like made by by a porn film company. It feels really got that like this is the first time they've made a legit movie. Yeah. It really has that feel to it. Um couple of shots though in that sequence in the uh in the toy store that did um approach creepiness the the returning to the the sort of the electric santa that is sort of swaying a little bit when creepy image when the store helper dies that's actually pretty creepy and kind of worked in a in a horror way she like she he kills her and she falls down in the fake snow at the feet of this mechanical santa and it starts to it's moving in its weird mechanical Santa way. Yeah. Very disturbing. I yeah. will give it that. Good, the other good thing, call. Uh, when Ira is about to go into the back stock room and we know he's going to get killed. So we've had the first murder with the straight arm strangulation. Second murder, stabbing the rape victim. Then Ira goes off looking for uh, where where have all my employees gone? I want to keep drinking and and being crazy. And as he starts going back into the stockroom, the display behind him is Halloween monsters. And I mm. thought that was a nice touch. Okay, that, they're they're. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if it was conscious. It's probably just what happened to be there in the toys. Listen, sometimes you just have to be like, what's good about a movie is that there were things in it that they shot and people had things behind them and in front of them and they, they shot that. Yeah. So then he gets killed, hammer to the head. Then Mrs. Uh, Randall gets killed, thrown through the, thrown through a plate glass window. No, that's somebody else. She gets, she gets shot with an arrow. Oh, that's right. She gets shot with the arrow when she's trying to get out. Why they have real bows and arrows at the toy store, I don't <laughs> really know. That was a question to me as well. Then he goes off from there to... Then Can we, we stop cut... for a second, though? Yeah. Just because see, we're out of the toy store now. We never go yeah. back. And we have to. I have to just ask the question, did, did Lucasfilm... Uh, know that they made this movie or not there there are there's nothing but muppets and star wars toys all over this movie oh i didn't notice how that. did they license that stuff maybe i mean this was 84 they wow they were they were licensing things then huh did it fly completely and i mean i wonder if it just got shut down so fast that nobody no lawyers got a chance to actually get after them for it because there's nothing there's a big bird there's sesame street stuff there's oscar the grouch there's there's a lot of star wars toys in this movie like in boxes with labels on them i mean you can see star wars it's crazy hey there's no such thing as bad publicity you know that's probably what they were saying to themselves and but this movie puts the lie to that statement this movie we're there's still we we I paid to see it the other day. People, they're still making some money, although that's yeah. crazy. They're the filmmakers are broke. Let's face it. So then we cut from the toy store to uh, the basement of my friend in high school, David Friedlander. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I did I say that out loud? Um. And uh, a young high school guy trying to get busy with the babysitter uh, while the little girl is asleep upstairs. Yeah. 
and uh, Santa comes in and kills uh, her. Yeah. Uh, by uh, impaling her on the antlers of a of a big deer head in the living room of the house. Uh, I guess you could say somebody was horny. I oh sorry I I don't know how dare you I had to do something honestly with it. honestly how dare you <laughs> I had to do something with it so impales the 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 unclothed except for the hot pants Linnea Quigley Queen of Scream uh, in arguably the 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 best sort of Halloween esque Scream fest murder in the movie if you if you're gonna go for that kind of thing. I guess, you know, uh, you know, when they people are like, oh, those kills were great. That was a great yeah. kill. I guess that was a great kill, I suppose. But I don't I, you know, none of it seemed inspired. None of it no. was terribly inspired at all. Not even no. that part of it. It's a gorier. It's gorier than you kind of imagine. It's going to be partly because they fake you out with all these kids in the movie. Yeah, that's one of the uncomfortable things about the thing is that. It's, well, Tony, it, I don't think the kids were there at the same time that they were shooting the scene. I don't care about how the actual actors were doing. I could care less. <laughs> I mean, you know, as a viewer, the, the experience of watching, you know, extremely violent, you know, extremely kind of like sexed up, horrible, violent movie with really little kids as the main characters in it. There's a few movies like that. This is one of them that I just, it's an uncomfortable mixture of yes. elements that I did not enjoy. Um, maybe it was my mood. I, I couldn't, I couldn't find that. No, this I'm, wasn't, I'm this wasn't an enjoyable piece of garbage for me. This was, just no. wasn't. All right. What about um, the three shot jump cut of the hammer in the head? Iris after Ira is the hammer is embedded in iris head just in case you didn't know that they, they spent time on that makeup effect they're yeah. going to show you three times yeah just a jump jump zoom in on the head that was uh, as far as camera work is concerned i mean you really don't have to go any farther than that beautiful elegant tracking shot which ends up dissolving on a full hamper full of dirty clothes to a man spilling dominoes onto a toy counter yeah, that's the most. That was the worst transition I've ever seen. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. You didn't like that one, huh? No. Right. Um, um, I do like the. We were at the pool table. Here's the level of humor and screenwriting we're talking about. Okay. Uh, teen couple, you know, about to get all fancy on the pool table, which I. It's like really, this is not, this is a terrible idea. Yeah, they're uncomfortable. Um, they're uncomfortable. I've heard. I've heard that she's, you know, unclothed and uncomfortable. And his line is two ball in the corner pocket. I'm like you, you, all of you should be ashamed of yourselves, yeah. please. Yeah. yeah. What about the shot of the, the cop who falls down into the root cellar when he, that's when you're like, what <laughs> they, at the end of the, like the last 40 minutes of the movie, the guy escapes and he's going to go kill everyone. Yeah, he, this is the, we're describing the beginning of his killing spree where he goes off. Right, and then and he just goes around the neighborhood. Back to the orphanage is where he's. Yeah. yeah, and so they just then start introducing new character, new policemen. They'd introduce a police chief who's got like a scene and a half. 
they introduce a beat cop who sees him and then follows him and then we're with this guy for like 20 minutes following him around in the house and then out by the backyard Every, there's just, there's no sense to it at all. It's just like they got up every morning and they were like, okay, I guess he's going to, what's in the script? I don't know. He kills somebody and then the cop, you know, follows him around. Okay, well, here's a, one shot that I thought, okay, for a second I thought somebody might have thought about this for just a moment. Um, was the shot when, when Billy is still in the orphanage as a young kid and he hears the sounds of people having sex. And he goes walking down the long hallway towards the people having sex. And there's at the end of the hallway, there's a crucifix. So walking towards the sound of the sex is also walking towards this religious icon. And then we get to a classic keyhole shot. Yeah, it, 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 it has. I agree. It has a couple of things in it. Uh, there, there seems like there was somebody smart somewhere who didn't have a major voice in this, but had a couple of moments that were interesting. It was either well, the camera, know, like the DP or somebody, because it's not the worst shot. The interiors are the worst shot thing I've ever seen, but it's a pretty well operated movie. It's interesting, like the lighting is terrible, but the camera work itself is not terrible. Hmm. Um, did you know that the director was uncomfortable direct? It's one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. That the director was uncomfortable directing the violence scenes. So they were directed, I think, by the editor. Uh, you mean so the director didn't show up on the set for the days that they were shooting? I don't know if he gore? wasn't there at all or if he hid in a trailer. Well, this he... kind of maybe explains something about the film. <laughs> Like, I'm going to direct a slasher movie, but I'm uncomfortable with violence, so I won't be there for the violent parts. So just send the money to a Swiss bank account when it's all over. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there for the montage of the happy guy who likes to drink milk uh, in the stock room. I got to say, you know, they could have made a great, a really funny movie here. They could have made a great, great howlingly funny Christmas movie and they failed, which is the saddest part about it. Well, I have, um, I have a, uh, a new thing that I'm going to propose tonight, uh, which is, um, for each of us to tell the other who we would be in the movie and who the other, would be. <laughs> so you have to, you have to say who I would be and you would be. And I'll say who I would be and you would be in this movie. Because I've made my picks. So, wait, course. I have to say both who I would be and who you would be. Yeah. And, and you say the I same thing. I have to say who I think I would be and who you would be. And I don't mean as an actor playing the part. I mean, in, in which one of these people is, is us? <laughs> um... Okay, let me think for a second. And I think this should be a thing. I agree. This could be a great thing we try to do in each in each case. Um, and no cheating. We always have to tell the truth. Okay. I think that I am the guy who goes sledding. Okay, which one? There's the first I'm I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the silent 
um, chubbier kid who's on the sled, who's berated by his friend. Who doesn't get killed, but gets his toboggan stolen. Yes. That's who, who gets killed. That's who I said you were in this movie. <laughs> Are you I serious? That's exactly who I said you would be. And if we need to, we'll have to write it down so that we can show each other. I think we should write it down on index cards okay. so that we can prove that we're telling the truth. Okay. So I, that's who I, and, and who would I be? Because I, I know who I would be. Or who I think I would, in my head, I think I would be. Um... <laughs> That's incredible. I can't. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's just fantastic. Um, okay, who would you be? Who would you be? I'm trying to see if I have anything in my notes that's going to help me here. Um, and it doesn't have to be who you'd be like now, just at any point in your life, you know, what. You might be the first guy that gets killed in the movie. You might be the store the store, the guy, the uh, who works Order? in the store. Oh, I'm so crushed! Wow, I thought I was the guy getting busy with Linnea Quigley on David Friedlander's pool table. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did, huh? You just yeah. assigned yourself that—that that was the casting choice for you. Well, n not casting. It's not who we would play. It's like who we were at the time, or. Oh, you're um, talking real life. Okay, real life. so well now yeah. I'm now I'm hurt because I thought it was who we'd be playing in it at that time. So now I literally am that kid on the sled. Oh, all right. Yeah, no, you're definitely the guy who gets who gets killed first. I mean, uh, okay. I mean, I think who who I would play in the movie? So wait a minute. The, I'm the just old, the old drunk Jewish toy store owner. No, I mean at the time. Okay, so no, I get it. You you've cast yourself as a as a handsome, semi-clad Lothario who has a who has a sex scene, in a risky business style, attractive teen comedy, and I'm a a mute, silly, chubby child on a on a sled who gets his ass kicked and has no lines. <laughs> oh, I knew, I knew this would be fun. <laughs> All right. Um, I've been ambushed, Harpo. I knew it would happen. <laughs> so let's let's move on to um, to pairings. What would we pair this movie with? I would I would uh, see this movie. Let's see. Let's see. I had a good one, and then I didn't like it. So I'm kind of like I kind of scrapped my first one. Um. But I'm thinking something. I'm thinking fear strikes out. Ah, okay. We went in kind of this kind of the same direction. That's interesting. That's a good one. I did um we need to talk about Kevin. Oh. Very good, very good. I'm a fan of that movie. That's that is a br fantastic and brutal movie. Yeah. Um and with an amazing performance by Ezra Miller. Uh, I remember everybody being quite wonderful in it. And um, it's scary and disturbing and funny, too, which I remember and appreciating yeah. that it's very kind of dark humor. Yeah. And Good choice. Really shot. Really Good choice. well shot film. Yeah. Fear Strikes Out uh, is a black and white movie. 
mm-hmm. which uh, nobody knows about. Carl Walden and Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins goes a little funny in the head. Is uh, Johnny Pearsall? Is that his name? I think so. Johnny or Tommy Pearsall? I think it's Johnny, but I'm not sure. I'm Again, I'm not an expert on films. I'm just stuff I like to talk about once in a while. <laughs> um, so, uh, and the very silly moment. What what was your pick for a very silly moment in this movie? We're, we're going to go back to the sledding scene. The the beheading, the, the guy getting his, his head cut off accidentally in the sledding accident is, to me, that's pretty priceless. I, I just think that's kind of where they captured everything I do like about ridiculous 80s slasher movies was in that sequence. And it, it wasn't really anywhere else, but that I liked. Right. And I have to say, runner-up, just introducing those two cops in that squad car out of nowhere was like kind of brilliant. Yeah. For me, I think it has to be the chief's pose after he shoots Billy <laughs> where he looks like he's squatting over a commode. He's just terrified that they didn't get the shot. He's not going to move. He's not going to ruin it for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Never seen anything. I want to give credit, though. I don't think I saw one microphone in the shot in the whole film. So good on you. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I mean, you really are expecting that. Um, Low bar productions. Can I say my, my other favorite thing, though? Has got to be what? Mom is watching. She says she thinks it's Jimmy Pearsall. Okay, Jimmy Pearsall. Thank you, Mom. Thank, thank you for helping us, and thank you for watching. Thank you. Yeah, we need these numbers. We need them. <laughs> uh, we haven't mentioned yet the uh, uh, the uh, ode to Jack Nicholson's door smash in this fantastic art direction of the styrofoam door that he comes bursting through. It is basically from the Muppet show. I'm thinking they got a prop from the Muppet show. Yeah. 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 That's pretty great. Yeah. I think it's the leftover door from when dad was played the, <laughs> when he the killed mon- all the, when he killed all the Muppets, all, all the, the all the bunnies. Yeah. 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 He was killing the bunny. Oh my gosh. Um, I this don't was... bring toys to naughty children. No. I punish them severely. This, uh, I, I think that, uh, I probably know people that love this movie or would feel differently about it. And I get it only because I think if you were a teenager when this came out, I could see loving it. Like I could see going to this as a teenager and just thinking it was the craziest, weirdest thing. And kind of, I get its cult status that way, but it, it is a completely joyless exercise. A complete uh, joy free time. Do you have a favorite line? I do have a favorite line. And it's that uh, same police captain you mentioned who says, when evidence is clearly to the contrary, the kid may be nuts, but he's not stupid. <laughs> I think he is kind of stupid, actually. He is kind of stupid, yeah. I think he's both of those things. My favorite line is, again, said by your uh, governess, um, the mother superior, when when he shows up at the at the orphanage at the end and she says to him i am mother superior so far all you've done is harm 
I know. But I, uh, I, was, I listened to that and I... Was like, I stopped it too. I stopped the movie. Those, I stopped it. sentences don't go together. It is. It makes nonsense together. <laughs> Why? It's not like... You just yes. made two statements. Yes. Uh, yeah. Unrelated. I stopped the film at that point, and I did a I did a mental check. I actually to see if I was dreaming or breathing or had passed into another dimension. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. I I think I don't I think I don't have anything else on on. Uh... Boy, I would I don't really either. I, I have to say I was I am surprised at. Um, you know, I consider myself a horror fan, and and I didn't I had not seen this movie partly because. I guess of all the genres in horror, I'm not just a huge slasher fan. You know, that's not why I go to horror movies is for slasher movies. It was never my favorite. And this is just not a good example of one to get you excited no. about the genre. So no Blu-ray purchase for you on this one? God, no. I just couldn't bring myself to... I, no. Like it made me check, made me second guess. Like, am I? Can I consider myself a card carrying horror fan if I don't like this now? And I'd be yes. like, yes, yeah. yes, you can. I say you can. Okay, okay. Well, well, next week, next week, I have not seen the movie we're doing next week, Christmas Evil from 1980. But I am, I have high hopes for this one because I looked at the cast on IMDb, and first of all, we know. A, a remarkable number of these people. Yeah, I haven't checked it out. I don't know who's in it yet. Peter Friedman. Okay. Bobby Lesser. Wow. Steve Mandillo. Oh my God. Phil Kasnoff, who's who's uh, married to Roxanne Hart. Okay. Um, Jeffrey Demun. Demun, I love Demun. I've never hung out with. I've met oh. him at auditions. He's love his a work. spectacular actor. Um, and Mark Margolis, just to name a few. I mean, it's okay. it's an incredible cast. So this is probably going to be a better experience. It won't just be Britt Leach keeping this whole thing together. No. It's going to be other talented actors as well. No. Um, and they may be, you know, it's from like 1980, so these people were younger and they'd done less, but it's it's going to be fun. And Bobby Lesser. Oh, my God, that's know, great. Is always one of the funniest people I've I've ever seen always good yeah i have high hopes for next week as well uh and the week following because we got something fun planned for that one too but yeah, i'm looking forward to that this was a bit of a disappointment i apologized to anybody out there who went to see this because they heard we were seeing it i doubt there was any of those people i yeah i don't think i i don't think we're responsible for for any ticket sales on this movie past yeah. or future I, I think we'll what, why because it's in beautiful standard definition on Amazon ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah well so that's uh that's our wrap up I think you guys uh, should subscribe to this channel or subscribe to our podcast you think people should I do think they should ooh okay because <laughs> we're fun to even if the movie's bad I think we're fun to hang out with. I, I, I know you're fun to hang out with. I enjoy well, these I, I I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I just felt that that was a bit of a stern, you know, it, it, it was less of a request, a happy invitation to join our show <laughs> than a more of a, like, I think you should do it because I want you to, so do I, it. I do, yeah. Because if you don't, you are naughty. Well, let's say this. 
if there are people out there who who do like the show and are listening and uh you feel like you want to go uh help us out at all uh giving us a a good positive review on on uh, itunes is always really really helpful very much appreciate. Um, uh, you can write a little review or no review and give us the stars or all the stars you want the more the better but yeah that's actually really really um helpful um, yeah to our cause but if you don't have time for that kind of thing i understand yeah and then and then tune in next week for uh for uh christmas evil from yes. 1980 and know that in the new year we are working on programming a far better superior uh genres of films and i i i, I we promise you it won't be it won't be torture degradation and misogyny <laughs> for the rest of the shelves that we yes. do all right we'll see you next week good night sir good night you've been listening to the arkin brothers talk about movies that's my brother matthew arkin and that's my brother anthony arkin and we are interesting irreverent and irrelevant but you can follow us on instagram anyway you can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch and you can do it all on our website just follow the link on your podcast app or if you really want to stalk us head over to arkinbros.com you'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know